Pretty Mental is about accepting our full selves and inspiring others to do the same by being daringly unfiltered. This means completely normalizing all things mental health and the wild journey that has brought us here. We are challenging the stigmatization of normal human suffering, and we are done pretending and subscribing to the notion that it is taboo to have challenging mental health experiences. Welcome to the Pretty Mental Health Club, and enjoy the show. Pretty Mental family, welcome back. We love you. We missed you. We've got a whole new episode for you today. (laughs) Hello, hello, beautiful people. We are diving into reclaiming peace amidst transitions. On today's episode, a lot of people that we know, including myself, including Valentina, are going through major transitions right now. So we kind of, we went back to a lot of basics and just reminding ourselves of the the mindsets and practices that are really important to return to during times of transition. And I also went into unpacking patterns of defensiveness that we pick up and what needs to take place in order to start healing those feels particularly relevant right now with the war that is going on uh, between Ukraine and Russia and the wars that are going on all around the world. I I mean, it's always been relevant. Humanity, you know, we need more peace. We need more peace. And that is only going to happen at the individual level ever first before Mm. it reaches um, a more collective threshold. So we dive into all that on today's episode. I think you guys are really going to enjoy this one. And with that pretty mental family, take in a deep breath of love, of prayer, of peace for yourself, for your community, for Ukraine, for the world. And tune in. We ground ourselves in, pulling back all of our energy, pulling back our spirits rooting to the earth's core, opening up our hearts, opening up our throats, opening up our energy for whatever wants to be co-created today, for whatever messages want to come through today. We open ourselves up fully for the healing of ourselves, our community, everyone they come in contact with, and for the highest healing of the planet. We walk with spirit. The portal is now open. Pretty Mental Family, welcome back. Welcome back. Hello, hello, everybody. I hope you guys are holding out okay out there in the world. The energies have been wild lately. Dude, crazy. Crazy. The energy's been crazy. I... It's so wild. Like, I was texting a friend yesterday, and I was like, yeah, 2020 threw me for a loop. And 2022 has been slapping me around. Like, yeah, 2020 was hard. And we talked about that. But I'm like, I don't know. I also (laughs) I also thrived a lot in 2020, despite a lot of the shit that happened. But something about. Right now feels like very dense Dense. and quick, like things are just moving and the energy is thick. Yeah. Yeah. And it takes a, it's like, it feels mucky. Like, okay, we really have to ground. We really have to root. We really have to take a step back and be aware of our energy and, and be, and treat our, our mental health, our emotional health, physical, spiritual health. Like we would treat a soulmate and our firstborn child. A soulmate on your first day. <laughs> A soulmate on your first date. No, that's a, that's a lot of pressure. Um, but ideally, 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 yes. I've been experiencing, I mean, my nervous system right now is more activated than it has been in a while. And I can't really pinpoint it to one thing. There's a few things floating around. And I know that a lot of it has to do with just the state of 
the world right now because the way that it's impacting me, it's also impacting everyone around me. So the energy, I'm seeing us all go through it right now. We're all just going through it. And in a way it's comforting because it's like, okay, I'm not the only one, but also it's like, whoa, 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 okay. And because my nervous system is so activated, I am so thankful for everything that I have cultivated in these last few years. Because if this were three years ago, I would feel that feeling, you know, my, my, most of my activation comes within the first hour of waking up and it goes like mid morning and then around mid morning, the sun starts to pop in again, but I wake up and I'm like, Oh God. Okay. It almost feels like there's a lot to face today. There's a lot to face today. And maybe in the past I would be like, that would translate to, Oh my God, I just, it's a never ending cycle. I don't know where to turn. I don't know up from down. What do I do? I'm lost. I'm going to snap at everyone who comes my way. I don't even know how to relate to the world around me right now because I'm so caught up in the chaotic internal world of mine. And now it's, I feel it and I'm like, okay, I'm like really walk with myself. And I, and I remember to go slow and because that's the first thing I want to do when I'm going through things. I want to get everything done really impulsively and really quickly. So I'm remembering like, okay, we're going to walk through this slow. This, nothing is an emergency. Even it feels like it, like it's an emergency. It is not an emergency. And we're going to take our time when we go about our daily routine and we're going to take our time walking and we're going to remember to breathe with every single moment and everything is okay. And everything is okay. We're going to be okay. We're going to be okay. So just breathe and go slow. And I've thank God for that. Thank God for that. Thank God for that. It's like the only thing that can come out of my mouth because it's making everything around me right now feel like this is just something that we're going to work through and not like I'm fucked, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yes to all of that. <laughs> I was, I'm going through a major transition right now. Um, so for those of you who don't know, my private practice opens up next week, Woo! which is crazy. Um, it feels kind of surreal, but also I've kind of been working towards this for so long that it feels like a very organic next step. So it's not like like, oh my God, like, this is crazy. It just, it's almost like, well, the time, like it's about time, you know, it hasn't been crazy long. Like definitely people stay employed in other practices or agencies longer oftentimes than I did. But I mean, I've always known what this profession means to me. I feel like I've always had an instinct for who I am as a clinician. And, and I just, I, I know that I can do that on my own and it's actually a really cool feeling, <laughs> but definitely earlier today, I was like, I had a moment <laughs> where all the energies hit me. Um, and I was like, what the fuck am I doing? <laughs> what am I doing? And then I went for a walk outside and, and it's a be it's beautiful weather here in Atlanta today. I went for a walk outside and I breathed and I think our phones spy on our inner psyche even Dude, because uh, you don't even know. Yeah. Because immediately really the, uh, uh Han video came up, uh, talking about the difference between a good day and a bad day. And he was talking about how, I mean, obviously something we always talk about on this podcast, how it's, it's our response to things. And, but he specifically that it's our response to things that makes a difference, right? Because days are always kind of what they are. And some days bring about more challenges, but it's really how we respond to it and the tools that we have that can make it good or bad, or you're just kind of like the waters are a little rougher. So you have to, your surfing stance has to be a little tighter that day. And he was talking about how just like an inward smile. And then as you exhale, kind of gently smiling out. Um, you immediately access inner peace. If you kind of do that long enough, let's say you go for a walk and you kind of like just breathe into that and smile for five minutes, 10 minutes, you do feel at peace. And it's not, 
It's not something you're imagining. The idea is not to force it. You can acknowledge that the fear is there. You can send us some compassion and you can come back to that nervous system regulation of that, like that gentle smile. It really does. And you're not imagining it. Your body really is feeling that. And so in that moment, you are reclaiming your peace, no matter what, no matter what. And it's the ultimate act of liberation, as we were talking about in that in our last uh, podcast episode on burnout. That it it it's not gonna be if we wait until all, the anxious part of our mind is convinced that coping mechanism of I have to plan everything, I have to control everything, I have to know how everything turns out. It's convinced that we'll finally experience peace once everything falls into place and the to-do list gets checked off and everything is in line in the way that we, that part of our, that part of us believes is going to, is going to satisfy it. Um, and so it's this dangly carrot that we get in pattern and the habit of dangling in front of us for our entire lives. And it never stops dangling because there's never there's never an end to things to do. There's never an end to life, lifing. There's never an end to unexpected things. There's never an end to beautiful things too. You know, I think that's important to also bring into play. There's never an end to like to really kind encounters and, and cool surprises also. Um, of course, if our mind is in that space of, I need to know, I need to know, did I, did I call everybody? Did I do everything? Like it's so frantic that we can't really even see the ease and the pleasure that's available to us right now. And to reclaim that ease and pleasure, even if there are, there is like a shit storm going on around you, it's the ultimate act of freedom and mental sovereignty that we can engage in as human beings, because all those things are never, life is never going to be in perfect enough order to satisfy that part of our mind. And the more that we feed that part of our mind, the stronger it becomes. And the more that that becomes the ruling pattern. Yeah, totally. I was, I was having this thought about how you know, when we're little, we have stress or anxiety or whatever. And like, when I think about myself, if I blinked too much in one minute, I would be like, dad, what's wrong with me? And then he'd be like, you're fine. I'm like, God said I was fine. <laughs> I'm fine. <laughs> yeah. You know, like I'd be like any, any, anything I would ask my dad or ask my mom, or I would just, I would just need to be in their presence and have them say anything. And I would take it as gospel. Yeah. Like, we're good. We're safe. All is well. That thing that I was just stressed out of my mind about is, you know, even when I was trying to get my first job and my dad was like, you're going to be good. I'm like, okay, if he says it, then I must be okay. And then I think about where we're at now, where I'm at now. And, um, you know, it's almost like we, we are our own parents. Yeah. No one is going to swoop in and save us. And I mean, we can still call our parents and I do all the time but it's different now. It's now from this understanding of I'm really of, of regaining my own sovereignty and my autonomy and my own peace and understanding that that peace is only going to really come from within when you're little and you don't have that protection. That is who you go to. You go to whoever's taking care of you, but then you get to the point now when you're adulting and it's like, okay, how can I best take care of myself and be my own parent? And part of that really means is like, stabilizing your nervous system every single day, constantly. And from that, everything else will begin to click into place because it's really easy to want answers for things. But if we can just figure out a way to do that, you know, let ourselves know that it's going to be okay and take that as gospel, then we begin to just live what the life that is here. Because as you said earlier, like this stuff doesn't really stop. And if you think about you know, things are always going to bring us some level of stress. It's part of the human experience. It's never really going to stop. And the quicker that we can integrate these lessons that help us stabilize our own nervous system, the more we wake up to the fact that, oh, this is just life. And oh, I don't actually have to change the things around me that much as I have to change my relationship to the things that happen to me. 
So I don't need to control the outside world. I need to control my nervous system. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that begins to just, it's like, we're our own parent. I'm my dad. I'm my mom. I am my own, you know, my own holder and protector. Dude. Yeah. I mean, it's wild how, as you're talking about the nervous system regulation, it's so, it's, it's just funny to me sometimes how after all the studying that I've done and the trainings and the courses and the meditation retreats and just all the efforts along the way to be in a mental health, in a mentally healthy place. Um, it all kind of comes together at the point at which I take a stroll down my street and do a little smile and breathe slowly. <laughs> I'm like, it took me 15 years to arrive at being able to do that. <laughs> That's wild. It's so simple. It's simple because also you have all the other knowledge, like all the other tools too. Cause I was thinking about this, like, you know, I have, I have a slight, I don't resonate when I see people say like, you know, take this one hour workshop and save your life forever. Yeah. I'm like, really though? Ah, I, I don't think like in this, there's never going to be one tool that fixes everything. No. It all kind of lines up. And all of a sudden one day you realize, oh my God, I breathed a little deeper than I typically do today. And it's all of everything we've ever done. That's why this is the journey of choosing the things that feel the best and most nourishing to your soul. And one day the pot will be filled to a level where now that is our new reality. Instead of like grasping for this one thing, it's a lifestyle. It's literally a lifestyle. And yeah, that was how I was seeing my health too. It's the same thing with my physical health where, and this is a little update on my physical health. I felt, I feel a lot better actually than I have in a long time. And my mom will say like, what is it? Is it your liver supplements? Is it this? Is it this? What is it? Which one is it? And I'm like, God, I have no way of knowing. I have no way of knowing if it is my years of breath work and stabilizing my nervous system. I have no way of knowing if it's the billions of supplements that I've taken over the years or the sauna or the crying that I have done like crazy for the past two weeks. Like, which one is it? I don't know, but something's working. And it gives you, it gives me, and I hope anyone who listens just some peace inside of themselves to know that, you know, it's, there's no one right way to do anything. You just do the best that you can. And it really will all begin to connect the dots and it really will all begin to give you a new reality. Yes. And so just a bit of my, my journey with my health is it's so crazy after that last podcast, I had said on that podcast that I was just crying like crazy and crying was not really something that I did often, not because I like forced myself not to cry. I just doesn't, I just don't. And then after all of that happened where that one week where I went complete, I was just done. I could not stop crying. And then the week after that, I could not stop crying. And I was talking to my mom on the phone and I mean, you were in the room with her when I was FaceTiming her. And she was just like, how, how is everything? I'm like, I, and I couldn't even say one word before I just started crying. I'm like, this is crazy. I'm like, not even sad right now, but this is just what keeps coming out every time I talk about this stuff. And then I was with my friends and it just keep like, it just kept coming out. And that I feel like did a lot, a lot. That, that was a big energy shift. I unloaded a lot that I had been unknowingly holding in. And then also a, few, a week before all that stuff went down, my brother had actually been visiting me. And I guess he got a glimpse at a deeper glimpse into um, what I had been dealing with. And so when he left, he like sent me a text message and he was just like, he got heavy into the health protocol with me. He essentially is like my doctor now. And he's like checking in with me and like telling me what supplements to take. And he's like, we're going to get rid of this, whatever it is. Like, it's not going to happen to you anymore. And it's so sweet. It's so sweet. And we have like a spreadsheet going of my supplements, how much I take, what it's for. And now like that feels really nice before I never had that level of support. And 
now I feel like I'm not really alone in this anymore. Um, because I feel like, oh my God, I swear to God, if this shit makes me cry again, like how many tears do I have? I feel like I've spent my entire life between me, doctors and Google and just like helpless and hopeless. And like, I've done brain scans before because I'm like, maybe like there's like some kind of fucking blockage in my brain that like, I just, I did everything. I had no idea spent stupid money, did all the things, talked to all the doctors and just no, no answer. So to have someone who's like really in it with me and he's just in it with me, like that feels really good. Cause I don't feel like it's just me and Google again, because after a while, like you lose um, you burn out. Like I burn, I burn out. I would burn out for a week and then I would come, I would always have to come back because like, you don't want to feel shitty. I don't want to have brain fog and all the other symptoms all the time, but yeah. So yeah. I think to have somebody with you that you trust and yeah. that, you know, has your best interests at heart. Like that's such a gift. Yeah. That's really a gift. It is. It's so sweet. I'm very thankful. Um, but yeah, that that's a bit of my health journey. I'll keep you guys posted as it gets better, but it has gotten so much better right now. I'm just mainly detoxing my liver and I'm about to start detoxing my kidneys. Yeah. So, oh, wow. Yeah. That, that's amazing that you're feeling better though. So much better. So much yeah. better. Yeah. As somebody who works in the realm of emotions all day long, I'm, my, my theory is like the amount of crying I, there. I think our, it's like a soul level cleansing that tears can offer us. Um, so I, that's always beautiful to me when that starts happening for people, because I see healing as kind of like a defrosting, like a, a thawing out process. It's a thawing out and you, you don't control how quickly you thaw out. And if you try to make yourself thought out before all the parts of you are ready, like, you know, it's like if you get a piece of meat that's frozen and you try to like cook it too quick or, or you'll, you might like, it'll break. You kind of have to like put a little heat on it, maybe a little water. Um, and I think when tears start coming out, like that's the opposite of tightness. It's, it's like a loosening, this, uh, a releasing of the body. So um, I know that in my sessions and my work with clients, whenever I see tears coming, you know, I think a lot of therapists can resonate with this where like there's a level of kind of hopefulness in us um, when when people are able to release tears, especially clients that kind of go more for the emotional avoidant um, tendencies or, or just, they're not big criers, you know, cause at the end of the day, we all have a certain amount of emotional load inside of us that there's different ways to release it. But, um, yeah, tears are just such a miraculous thing that the human body does. It's wild, you know, yeah. water just coming out of our eyes to release this energy. To me, it feels like spirit is speaking like it's spirit. You're touching base with spirit. And it's the same thing with breath work. Breathwork has got, been able to get me to cry. And then when I see my clients crying as well, I'm like, your spirit is, is in the room. It's something that's very like the human lets go. The human finally lets go. And it's, it's interesting though. And this is why you say like you, the timing, I just, you just never know. This is why timelines don't make a lot of sense because it'll happen as it needs to happen. I've done therapy. I've done other healing modalities. I've done all that. And and it helped with what it needed. But now finally, for whatever reason on February, whatever the date was of 2022, that was the date that that was supposed to happen. I couldn't have rushed that. I couldn't have made myself release deeper. And, you know, I've done different plant medicines. I've done Vipassana 10 day, 100 hour meditation retreats. I've done hundreds of hours of breath work. I've done probably hundreds of hours of therapy, like in and for some reason, that's, that was the time that that was going to happen. And it's like the same, it's the same with life. We just, what is the rush of all of this? It'll come when it needs to come. Can we just one step in front of the other and do what we can along the way? 
And yeah, I could have, I could have never made myself cry that day. It just, it, it, it was ready. It was. Yeah. And then that also reminded me like healing comes in. Healing looks very different for everyone. Even for yeah. your own self, healing can look different in different phases for a long time. My healing was in what made me feel absolutely alive was running almost every single day and being really active and doing all of, you know, just like the more high energy stuff. And it was amazing. And it did heal me and it brought so much amazingness to my life. And now it's taken a turn where now I maybe run once a week. If that I move incredibly slow and I give myself a lot of like, I've just really taken out the timelines from my own life and the pressure to try to, to be a certain way, have certain things done and get to a certain point. Yeah, that I can, I can feel that happening for me more and more too. You know, yeah. I've definitely had a click where it's like, well, I do feel like over this past year, maybe even these past six months, um, the beliefs I had around like not comparing my journey to another person's, like I could say all the, I had all the, the wisdom and insights into why it doesn't make sense to do that. Or I guess the knowledge and insights into why it doesn't make sense to do that. Uh, but I, it definitely has landed kind of cradled itself deeper into me over this time. And I know like after I, after I decided that I was going to resign from my current company, it was crazy. I like, I was so chill that week. I even found, I even Googled, I don't, you know, we just get so in the habit. Am of I too chill? Yeah. <laughs> I what does it mean when I am too chill? It's like, is it possible to be too <laughs> chill? <laughs> like, I feel like I should be a little more like concerned or stressed out because I just resigned from this company that you know, companies give us the structure of predictability and quote unquote safety. Although, you know, there's a million different ways to unpack that, but, uh, and old me that has had a lot of anxiety around financial stability or predictability. Um, it was almost like surprising to that part of me. It was like, huh? <laughs> like what's going on here? She's like, why excuse we... me, ma'am. Are you forgetting to worry? What's going on? <laughs> yeah, literally. Like, why are we just being able to just sit here and stare at the sun for like an hour and like just exist? Um, I don't know. I think I, and I think it's just the result of being committed to this work for so long. You do eventually have those moments where that peace that you have wanted makes itself present. And I also do believe that, you know, I, while staying mindful of the fear patterns that try to creep back in, because they do, it's not like you arrive at the peace and it's like, ah, forever. This is it now. You know, the fear patterns try to creep back in uh, when you run into different obstacles each day, but keeping an eye on them, you're able to, con to, to return to that stillness that has been harvest, that has been cultivated for so long. And also something that I have learned very drastically this year is that anytime we make a decision based on fear, fear multiplies. It's wild how that goes. Like you make a decision off of fear and you're kind of like co-signing that that is the reality that you want to move with and it finds a way of multiplying. And then when we make, when we're able to kind of like start like shaking out of that, releasing that, and we make a decision based on love and, and alignment or courage, you find, you find more of that around you and you find opportunities to believe in that more and more. It's like the brain really priming really does matter. Like priming what we prime our brain for every decision we make is kind of priming us for the next situation. I mean, it's not like we have to make perfect decisions all day long because we don't, you know, like 
I'm, I'm far from perfect. Also like this week as, as I've been, I, I experienced like major peace last week, this week I've experienced peace, but then also I found myself eating, like going downstairs and eating a chocolate chip cookie every day, you know, and just like doing some things that may not be like, I guess the, the quote unquote healthiest eating routine, you know, but also like not wanting to put too much pressure on myself to do things perfectly either right now, because this is a major transition. So that's okay too. Like everything doesn't have to be like this ideal version of what a healed person does. The work that you've done up until this point, it, it definitely still pays off and it still shows up. It doesn't go away. You never lose that. You may relapse a little bit here and there, but you also bounce back quicker. You never lose. You don't lose the healing that you've already encountered. That stays with you. It really does stay with you. And I know I've experienced moments where I'm like, oh no, am I regressing at certain times in life? Like did things just get worse? But, and I see that in clients too, when they reach certain like obstacles and they start feeling uh, like wondering, oh my God, I feel like I just lost all the work I've done. Like this is hopeless. And then actually like the very next week you see again, like, oh no, no, no. That was just like the tide, the tides just rose. I got flooded. That part of me got flooded with that emotion, but, but the sun and the spirit that's been cultivated there, it's still there all along. Like the tides just rose a little bit. I had to put my life jacket on a little tighter that week, but, but all the healing that's been worked on until then is still there. Yeah. And I, I was listening to a podcast the other day and they were saying how change is always going to come you know, we just have to, and this is so simple, but it just hit at the right time. We have to learn really, really our, our mission, our goal is to ride the winds of change. And if you can do that, if you can move with change, it, it doesn't feel as heavy and as scary and as uncomfortable as trying to be like, Oh my God, what is going on? No, 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 no. This is what is happening, whatever, whatever. But if we can be like, okay, this is just what's happening now. And I'm going to flow with it and I'm going to still be okay. And I'm going to keep flowing with it and I'm going to be okay. Yeah. That's something that feels like such an important message right now, because again, like literally everyone and their mother is having a huge transition moment right now. I am, my friends are, the world is, you are like, so everyone is going through like a big moment of a little bit like what the fuck is going on right now in my life and in the world and like what what's happening just what's happening a lot of things are happening you know and also with everything happening in ukraine the war in ukraine like yeah the the energies are crazy yeah thick right now and the when you there's so much going on in the world. And I saw this meme or something on Instagram that was like, one of the good things that Ukraine did was a lot of people, like a lot of people are going hard for it. And they're also like, there's a lot of places in the world that have been warring for a long time and no one's gone that hard for them. So I hope that this wakes everyone up to the fact that they're like, how can we bring more peace to our world as well? Oh my God. Oh, yo, my neighbors cook the best food. <laughs> right and it on is cue. like <laughs> trailing into my house right now. <gasps> you need to go make some friends. It sounds like every time they've literally asked me if I wanted to eat with them, they were like, we can give you a bowl. I've always been on some kind of like, I'm like, um, I'm plant-based right now. Um, whatever. But now I'm like, fuck it. My supplements will take care of it. Give me your food. Like I need to let, <laughs> I need to let them know. <laughs> Just go peek over. Like, is that, is that Dude. in the table? still standing. Oh my God. It smells so sorry. Wow. What a time to bring that in. But yeah, well, you know, something that's been coming up for me in healing lately, a lot is more insights into the patterns of defensiveness that have been alive in my system for a very long time. Um, you know, we, I think we, like, we each have certain temperaments that have defense mechanisms that show up in different ways. Um, but I know that the pattern of defensiveness is one that 
is very alive and well on our planet. And some of us carry it a little stronger than others, but it's there. It's, I mean, it's ever, you know, it's, it's fight, flight, freeze, or fawn. Um, and I know what I've seen lately, just kind of witnessing that there's a part of me that picked up a lot of defensiveness as protection um, at times when I felt either unheard or invalidated or even rejected um, just throughout my life and different experiences that like that became a primary mechanism for safety. And it, it's crazy because in IFS, you you get to know these parts really well. And that one is. And I think I have permission from this part to say this, Um because the, the parts of you are always listening, you know, but it's like, it's literally like a Jaguar. It's, it's, it, it like, it really, it goes, it goes in for me. Like it really, like if anything is, is a possible threat, it, it just, it goes, it's, it's got its eyes out, you know, it's very instinctive. It's very feline-ish. Um, and it, it's wild because when you go into the IFS world, it's very much like the shamanic realm worlds that it, it's another dimension almost. And you find that the more you work with that inner world, the more that you see changes out here. Like it's very wild the way that the world of IF, the inner world, it's like a universe that each person has inside of them. And you close your eyes and you go in there and there's different parts of you that function differently and do different things, but and do different things to protect you, to protect the system. Every We live in systems out here and there's an inner system inside each of us. And something I've learned about this defensiveness is that it also kind of like the way it functions is that it picked up a, a hypervigilance around possible threats, which kind of makes sense. You know, if you feel like you're in danger, the only reason you would defend yourself is if things are being perceived as danger danger to your psyche, danger to your truth, danger to yourself. And, and when you're in danger, you become hypervigilant. And if you don't bring awareness to it, you could become so hypervigilant that you end up wanting to, you end up seeing threats where there aren't even threats. But you see them, you know? And so like, what I've noticed, and it's wild because I started kind of really digging deep into these patterns around the same time, like right before this war got going. So I'm just like, wow, like this is crazy. You know, what we don't heal at the individual level ends up becoming collective. And it's wild how the things that we protect ourselves from, we end up manifesting in the outside world. Like that's also become super clear. The more that we look at the world as something to protect ourselves from, the more that we find things to protect ourselves from, the more that we see threats in people's interactions with us. Just like the more that we look for things to love and connect to, the more that we find things to love and connect to. Like whatever our psyche is looking out for, it sees and whatever we see, we engage with it in the way that we're seeing it and we amplify those qualities of it. And so then it just reinforces whatever pattern is there, you know? So it's like, if it's a fight and you're defending yourself and you're hypervigilant for other people possibly talking wrong to you, and then you defend yourself against that person, that person might feel attacked by you and trying to defend yourself and they come at you and then you go harder, you know? And then before you know it, it becomes this pattern that has a life of its own. And if you spend your whole life in defense, I mean, however, I can't say I spent my whole life in defense because obviously I've been cultivating these other parts of me along the way too. Um, but that was a primary mechanism, especially in some relationships. And the more time that you spend in these, in that pattern, especially in relationships where you're not physically threatened, the defense tends to be defending your truth, defending your stance, defending your, 
defending yourself to be seen by others in the way that you want to. And before you know, the trap there becomes that you lose really valuable opportunities to have been cultivating the skill of seeing yourself and validating and, and really, really validating those parts with so much love and so, so much compassion that it kind of softens you out up to the outside world. It's like these coping mechanisms that we pick up in our youth end up taking up so much space if we don't bring consciousness to them that we are not simultaneously cultivating the coping mechanism that would have balanced it out. Like we can get so entranced into what that is. And I think like, you know, with war and what Putin is doing, it's crazy because it's wild because his whole thing, and I'm not the most politically well-spoken person. Um, so you guys can correct me if I'm wrong, but as far as I understand it, his whole thing is he feels very uncomfortable that Ukraine does not one with Russia because they left uh, the Soviet Union like 30 years ago and that them being on his border but not being a part of the country feels like a threat. Yeah, Yana was telling me, Yana is one of my best friends who is Ukrainian and she was one of the, she was telling me as well, like, again, I am not that tapped into politics, but she was telling me that how he also, the reason why they left too and wanted to claim their own sovereignty was because he was trying to wipe out their entire culture and they weren't able to speak Ukrainian. They weren't able to do any of their things. He wanted everyone to speak Russian. He wanted everyone. Yeah. I mean, you know, why else? right. And like, why else do we seek control if it's not for safety? Everything goes back to survival. As I've said before and survival safety, they kind of go hand in hand in our mind. And so you know, in trying to essentially trying to get back that territory to enhance his feeling of safety that no one's going to come out for him. And here we are here, here we see it, you know, in trying to create, like go out at the world in a fight to get safety, he has created a massively unsafe situation, which is what happens on all these levels. And that's just the irony of how the game of life is that whatever we fight against, we actually amplify in the outside world. So if we don't go in, which I think, you know, I'm still like, it's still a journey, but IFS has given me such a gift of being able to go inside to that inner universe and, and really start getting to know those parts. If we don't get to know those, those defensive parts inside of us, which like, you know, I know I'm not the only one out here that has them. <laughs> like they are all around us. Just go for a drive down the street. They're all around us. It's there's so many of us hurting each other. And if we don't go into our inner world and really get to know what that part is protecting, we're not going to be able to bring the validation and love to that vulnerable part that it's protecting. That is really what the system needs. And as long as we're focused out here, out in the outside world, fighting and defending out here, we're losing opportunities to go inward and do that. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of what I said earlier, too, of when we're young and we want our parents to hold our pain. And they do. Some of them, you know, and it's now I think everyone's like looking for someone to hold their pain. Instead of being like, I am deeply uncomfortable. I feel deeply whatever. How can I work with this? How can I take a deeper look? How can I, how can I like co-create the reality that I want to see instead of taking this deeply uncomfortable pain and throwing it at someone else because I don't want to hold it anymore. Yeah. I mean, we don't know how to hold it sometimes. Yeah, when, we, be- when we've been outwardly focused yeah. long enough, it's like you're in such a trance with that response. It's it's such a trance that you don't even realize that like, oh, wait, like, what am I doing? What am yeah. I what am I defending from who and for what? Um, you know, even 
I had a kind of like lighter version of that happen a couple of weeks ago where I was talking to somebody I just met um, where I was at a hangout and I was talking to somebody and, and this person um, started like, he was asking me about my work and this person is not like his career is not in mental health at all. And he started kind of like, de like debating, maybe he wasn't even arguing, you know, but like these patterns inside of me probably felt like he was, but it felt like he was debating like what was the appropriate way to run a practice or something kind of critiquing an approach that I was talking about that I, that I kind of go with or, and he, and, and I, I found myself like passionately explaining to him and, and then like, he must there, be exterminated. <laughs> and then, and then somewhere in there, like I actually literally halfway through, I was like, it was loud too. And I was just like, cause it was weird, a very loud place. And I was like, like my voice actually hurts. And like, what am I doing? You know, who is this person? <laughs> Why does it matter that they agree? Why do I need to convince them of that? Oh, am I like secretly afraid that secretly doubting my own choice to do things in that way? And so that I'm outwardly defending it to him. I mean, I just had to pause long enough and ask myself that question of like, wait, why am I defending this for what and to whom, you know? And like, that was just such a blatant example because it was like, it's easier to say like to whom when it's somebody you don't know, <laughs> like, I don't even know this person. Like I'm, I'm actually using up precious energy on defending my truth what is my truth right now to somebody I don't really even know. And like, why, I mean, nothing in my world is going to be moved. We don't have to agree. Right. We don't have to agree and that's okay. But yeah, I mean, until we kind of go inside and look at those parts that want agreement and fight so hard for us to be seen or fight so hard for other people to look at things the way that we look at them or fight so hard for safety. We're going to, it, it's until we look at those, we're not going to be able to access what's underneath and what that vulnerability that they're protecting is, which is actually what needs the healing and the love and the presence, not this external thing that we're fighting for. Yeah. Yes. We all just have to come back in. And I believe the answer to that, this is, I know earlier I was like, there's not one cure, but this actually low key feels like the cure is slowing down and getting our own nervous system reg regulated and how, and, and creating a deeper conversation with our own nervous system. Yeah. And, and the only way that we can do that is by slowing down and we just move so fast in this world so fast so fast yeah and I think it it obviously really really helps if you have a therapist that can walk that journey beside you or a coach just somebody that can that is well versed enough in this emotional world and and these inner psychological emotional patterns that they can kind of go in there with you until you access enough presence to be that presence for those parts of you that are wounded. Um, sometimes we need people to kind of mirror that for us before we can do it for ourselves, like to mirror compassion towards us before we can have the compassion for ourselves. Um, and to explain I, how our systems work. Cause I mean, you know, yeah. Unless you're I mean, on the path that we're on, where we're constantly studying and educating ourselves on this it's stuff. It's crazy. I'm like, if you're just like an accountant who like goes to golf every afternoon and you don't, you know, yeah, you have underlying anxiety. How are you ever, you're not out here taking courses and learning this stuff. So it helps to have some kind of guide on the way. Yeah. And also, but you know, if you don't because of financial reasons, cause I know it's not accessible to everybody, um, to be able to, uh, budget that into their, put that into their budget at whatever point of life there are. There's, there are certainly times in my life where I didn't, I couldn't do that. Um, so that's, then it's really good to turn. I would say like, 
my recommendation, and this is my bias, start learning about IFS. Like there's a book called No Bad Parts. You can start there. You can go listen to Richard Schwartz meditations on Insight Timer. You can start journaling, getting to know those parts. You don't even, I mean, you don't have to do the IFS route, but just start. There's enough meditations to help you slow down and kind of see what is present and then see if you can journal in communication with those parts. See if you can find a way to kind of hold space for those parts of you. If you, if you don't have another human being that can, at least for now, let a pen and paper hold that space. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And just remember too, that this is something that I've really been diving into is the, the whole concept of timelines. And I wrote an Instagram post about it of how are you like the world makes us think that we're in a rush. And the second that we slow down, we might fail. We might get left behind. We might not get things done that we need to get done. We might lose out on, you know, getting a certain status in our industry, whatever. But it's like, what is that all for? What is that all for? Really? Like truly, what do you, do you want to live while you're here? Do you want to accomplish things? In all my posts, I wrote, you know, I didn't come here to check things off my to-do list. I came here to be alive to the infinity that is in front of me in every single moment. And I really mean that. I really mean that. I think for a while I was focused on like, how can I, how can I get this done? How can I reach a certain level in my career? How can I grow my practice big enough in a certain amount of time and whatever? And now I'm like, that feels so me centered one and two, like it's taking me away from life. And I really want to be alive and awake to everything that is here. And every time I go back to what I, why I'm here, which is for, for the souls who choose to journey with me, who I can help, help them go back home to their selves. When I think about them, the timelines fall away instead of like, how can I get this done in a certain amount of time? It's like, who can I help? You know? Right. Yeah. I mean, this, the scarcity, their scarcity models around us in the competition models, the the burnout models kind of have us in that. Yeah. Um, I can see, I can feel for myself, like the deeper, the more that you access that, that inner self, that spirit, that essence that energizes your body, not the parts that are fragmented and wounded, but the more you access that, and the more you actually find that peace, you find that the less you need. Yeah. Yeah. That's a crazy thing. It's true. I, I was just like laying in bed on a Sunday and I felt there. I'm like, it's so sunny outside. I should do something. And I'm like, enough, <laughs> enough yeah. with the shoulds. It'll be sunny another day when I feel like getting up and doing something like, what if I just laid here for a minute, you know? just like really questioning everything of like the need to fill things in, like fill our time with things that are productive or take advantage of certain things. And it's like, can I just be here? And it's, it's, you know, like we get these messages of having to have certain things done at a certain age and having partners at a certain age or get married or kids or whatever at a certain age. And it's like, what if, what if I vow to live every single day and if that stuff comes when, the, when like, I'll let that stuff comes, if it's going to come, when it comes, I don't know. I mean, like my stance towards marriage and kids is if it happens, it happens. I don't really feel one heavy way or the other. And that's really how I'm trying to apply my life to everything is just like, you know, this is how can I just be here now, do the best that I can now have like a very loose awareness of the vision that I would love to maybe create, but leave a lot of fucking space for the universe to come in and do whatever it wants to do. And how can I offer myself up as an offering to everyone around me in this lifetime to spirit to the universe? Yeah. I know that I'm accessing deeper levels of healing because I'm even, even with the, with the pretty mental community and platform, there have been times where I've have felt like an inner that part of me that was like on the timeline of of achievement and productivity kind of being like, OK, like, do we need what else do we need to do to kind of increase the size of the community or um, 
to grow the following, right? That's the, that narrative on, on social media, especially now I'm in a place where I'm like, wait, I don't care if we have 100 people, you know, 10 people, but a solid community, you know, no longer this leader follower model with, uh, with, which Deja Blue or Blue uh, was talking about on her podcast recently. And I was like, that is exactly where I'm at too. Where it's like, what we want now is to sit in circles mm -hmm. of community that is really substantial and present, you know? Yes. If you're with five people, if you're with 10 people, if it's a hundred, great you know, but this kind of like craziness that social media has normalized, like 500,000 people. And like, that's when the, the number, when the numbers get bigger, like that's when you're really the more fulfilled you get. Maybe yeah, you should when, just put your phone on silent. <laughs> you know what? I put, I put my computer on silent. It is on silent. Yeah. I don't know how this person keeps getting through. Oh God. Maybe do you need to look at it? No, no, oh, okay. no, it's fine. It's like two different people. Today's been a crazy day. <laughs> Actually, today's like, been wild. Like energy I don't know, flying at you or something? I don't know what is happening with the energies. Like they were doing construction next door. I literally had to move all my clients to another day because it was so loud. Um, just all kinds of things have been happening. I'm just like, go for a walk, breathe, do an inner smile, whatever. But yeah, I was going to say like, I know that I'm experiencing deeper levels of healing because all that striving and pressure a lot like has decreased so much. I think, you know, we live in the big, the narrative in our culture right now is like the bigger, the better. Yeah. This narrative of continuous, endless growth. Yeah. And the more that you start accessing inner peace, you're like, uh, for what? Yeah. Like, for what? Literally for what? It's crazy. The, the, this race to, for status and to be number one and for all of that. And it's like, that's why I will go back to slowing down because the only way that I personally have been able to even get to this, like awakening of for what is this all worth? Someone's computer just froze and I don't know where we were, but I will jump back into what I was saying is just, yeah, for what, for what is this all worth? You know, once we slow down enough to really actually like really hear ourselves, then we start realizing like, what do we really want? I mean, I don't know. Maybe some people really do want to get to a point where they win awards and get a certain amount of recognition and that's fine. But I think a lot of us believe I think that's like almost the go-to mindset for a lot of people, especially going through the school system that kind of primes you for that. So if, like, I just encourage you guys to like, just keep questioning, keep questioning, like, what do you really want to do? And for what, why? Yeah. And keep tending to your healing because a yeah. healed world, a healed world doesn't, we don't need as much. We don't need all these awards for a heal world. We need people who can tap back we into need, themselves yeah. and connect with others. Right. Or to sit in circles and, and really see each other and hold each other and, and honor li a life and a pace if possible, wherever possible. Yeah. That has uh dignity to it. Yeah. Whatever, at whatever level, like it, the more you commit to going holding that as a North star of knowing that like space is possible to access yeah. or it is possible to find ease. The more and more that life amplifies that back at you, as we said in the last podcast, um, with Dr. Azad, that it was like, it was the glimmers of light in his mind amidst all the med school pressure that held on to a knowing that it didn't have to be that way. Mm-hmm. You know, and there's actually a beautiful quote by Charles Eisenstein that I want to read. I haven't done this in a while. <laughs> I know. Uh -huh. Um, it, from a book called, um, the beautiful world we all know is possible. 
And it says so many people quell the expression of their gifts by thinking that they must do something big with them. One's own actions are not enough. One must write a book that reaches millions. How quickly this turns into a competition over whose ideas get hurt. How it invalidates the small, beautiful striving of the bulk of humanity. Invalidates paradoxically the very things we must start doing in mass to sustain a livable planet. And that's not to say if you want to write a book and that that is like your deepest self-expression, write a book. Like I mean, I we but we both want to write a book. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised if I write a book one day, right? Yeah. And if it reaches millions, cool. But like the beauty is in the every the the humility of the everyday doing. You know, it just it feels different when you can really be present. Yeah with that page in front of you, with that person in front of you, with the sunlight in front of you, with the oxygen moving through your lungs in that moment. Yeah. And it's when we start releasing the striving is when we can access that more deeply. I was talking to my aunt today and she was saying that she's like, come visit Spain. She lives in Spain. So our aunt is our mom's twin sister, twin sister. She feels more like she feels so mom DNA. It's crazy. Yeah. Even their crazy. voice is identical. Even though, oh my God, growing up, <laughs> growing up, I remember my mom would call me and I'd be like, Tia, I know this Tia means aunt in Spanish. I'd be like, Tia, I know this is you. And she'd be like, this is your mom. I'm like, no, no, no. I know this is you. <laughs> the amount yeah. of times that that happened by and vice versa with them is crazy. They sound like twins. Um, but anyway, I was talking to her and she's like, yeah, come to Spain. Like, it's so she lives in Madrid. It's so calm here. Like everyone literally only works like four hours a day. Maybe they wake up at 10. They go work for two hours. Then they go for their lunch break and then they go relax and then maybe work for two hours. And then and she's like, people here actually don't want a lot. Like they live in small apartments and they spend most of their money out with friends and drinking and eating and being in nature and being in like with community, you know, and they don't really like want that much from life. They're not all driving to like crazy. And this is not a generalization for Spaniards. So if anyone is from Spain and they're listening to this and they're like, what? This is just her town in Madrid, whatever. I don't, I don't know, but she was, yeah, she was like, they just, they're really here to just like live in like, Ego sad, like um, the enjoy that in English and enjoy, like yeah. There, I mean, there's to a juice, word. To, to, to like juice, juice, juice what's to here juice for them. Their senses, <laughs> to juice their senses, and I, and I love that. I don't know if I'm, you know, fully cut out for that, fully to like be that chill. But maybe, maybe even at one point in my life, like I still like the city life. There's there's stones left unturned for me here in LA. I still want to be here and in the energy of it, but also that style is like, I'm maybe in the past, I would have been like, Oh my God, that sounds like people who are just running away. And now I'm like, honestly, that sounds like peace. That sounds like mm -hmm. peace. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So a mix of both for me, I think. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think we just, we all have our seasons. Yeah. We may be saying this now and like I'm moving to New York. <laughs> Don't I'm being it again. <laughs> becoming an investment banker. <laughs> Time to glow up. We're multidimensional walking paradoxes. Yeah. Oh, I just know sure. that, that the deeper you go into the more inner peace that you're able to access, which at this point I would conceptualize as the more presence that you can hold your wounded parts with which softens up, it softens up your whole nervous system. Um, the less striving is part of the equation. Like you, you may still do those things, but it just feels differently. And that makes all the difference. Mm -hmm. It is just our reality. Our external reality really does fucking flip when we can get that internal in check. Yeah. We can and be it's in a the daily same place and things can just start to look different. And, and, you know, yeah. And it, it is a Yes. Yes. I want to highlight that <laughs> we can be in the same place and things can start to look different for sure. Cause a lot of times that dangly carrot that we talked about in the very beginning of this podcast, will say like, you can finally experience this peace once you have all these other things. 
No. And it's just not the way. Oh, how can we no. yell that from the rooftops? I'm going to get a billboard out here. <laughs> Wake up, people. All, all the billboards. Yeah. But all right. I think we're rounding the hour. Okay. Thank you for listening, Pretty Mental Family. We are, oh, wait, Paula, are you going to take clients for your private practice? Or are you, oh, how does yeah. that process? What do I people want to work with you? I will announce that very soon, what the process for working with me is. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's it. <laughs> like through Instagram or through? I mean, you can contact me things. on, you can contact me on Instagram. I am taking it kind of slow to get it going, but I will soon open up the doors more widely for sure. Okay. So yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Well, pretty mental fam. And as always, I invite you to come breathe with me on our full moon group breathwork sessions. This one is on March, hold up, 16th or 17th, that 17th on Thursday, March 17th. 4.30 p.m. PST, 7.30 p.m. EST. Come breathe with us. Let's grow this community. Let's grow this breathwork circle. Slow down with us. Regulate your nervous system with us. And if you're in LA, I'll be hosting in-person events soon. So keep yourself updated, posted, whatever the word is for that. You'll know through Instagram or through here. But until then, Pretty Mental Fam, we love you. Thank you so much for tuning in with us. Oh, and PPS, we have a form now that is going to go in every single show notes. And also it's in the link in our link tree in our bio on Instagram where you guys can ask, because sometimes you guys will DM us one-off questions and we don't always get around to it that quickly. So I think it would help if any questions that you guys have, feel free. I mean, I guess you can DM if you want, but also you can throw them in the forms in the Google form that we have. It's anonymous. It does not collect your email. So we don't know who's asking what, but ask whatever you want. And then periodically we're going to answer them throughout our podcasts. So yeah. Yes. Throw your question in there. Okay. I think that's enough closing notes. Tune in <laughs> with us Mondays at 6 a.m. EST. Yeah. And we love you. Los queremos mucho. Los queremos mucho. And remember that every part of you is welcome here. Mm, we love Mwah. you. Bye. Bye.